Hello, and welcome to the Blue Eye Mafia podcast. Wait, what? I'm just kidding. This isn't the Blue Eye Mafia podcast anymore, people. This is the Wise Guys show. Enjoy. How are you all doing today? Well, I am rudderless. I am lost. I am alone. I'm so lonely. So lonely indeed. Yeah, I can't sing. I understand. Look, in life, sometimes you just have to do the hard thing. I promised that we would have an episode every week. Come rain or shine. Well, Joe's out of town this week. I don't have the religious right episode ready yet. So, you're getting a guy who's been working 10 to 15 hours a day for the last three days. Just had a baby few weeks ago, month ago, whatever, and am driving on the road because I don't have time this evening to record this podcast. So hopefully this new little Samson Go mic doesn't pick up too much of the ambiance. I have it on the buffer mode. It's got three modes. You don't care. doesn't matter. Before I get into the show today, um, where was I going with this? Man, I'm all over the place. This is the Wise Guy Show. I said that, right? Not the Blue Eye Mafia podcast anymore. Well, that's a change. Because really, in all honesty, Blind Mafia was never meant to be the name of our podcast. It just wasn't. It's an idea I had for some overarching fraternal organization or society of geniuses. I don't know. Change the world or take over the world. I don't know. I tend to vary on my anticipation of what I'm going to do in the world. Right now, it's run a construction company, work my ass off. But someday, world domination does seem to be in sight. Anyways, what I'm trying to get to with this, and yes, this is going to be rambling because I'm not really prepared. I don't even know what I'm going to talk about yet. Couldn't decide. Just turned on the mic, started driving. But before I get into anything, we have a sponsor that pays for the show. We actually have a couple more, but I'm not going to announce them till the website's out because that's how you'll be able to go see them. The sponsor, though is Strike Force Energy. Did I drink some today? You know I did. Obviously, from the way that I'm talking, you must know that I did. Actually, as a matter of fact, I'm about to drink some water with Strike Force Energy in it as we speak. Where you listen, I speak. Oh, sweet yumminess. Anyway, Strike Force Energy is a delicious little pouch that you can add to any drink, a pouch of liquid energy, pure energy, like jet fuel for humans. That you can add to any drink. It comes in four delicious flavors. Original, which is kind of like an energy drink flavor. Uh, grape, make America grape again. Orange and lemon. Lemon and grape are my two personal favorites. Not a huge fan of the orange. The original is good, but grape and lemon for me is where it's at. Actually, I've been on a lemon kick lately. Even though the last couple days I have drinking grape. Drank grape? Drinking grape? I don't know. Who knows? Who cares? Anyways, Strike Force Energy. Use the promo code Blue Eye Mafia. Probably gonna change that to Wise Guys Show. Or not. I don't know. Once the website launches, all this will make more sense. But use the promo code Blue Eye Mafia, B L U I M A F I A, to get yourself a cool 20% off of their beautiful little beverages. And they also have a limited run of a coffee, Strike Force Energy, right now, which I have not had a chance to try. But it does look damn delicious. Hopefully you can hear me over the loud noises of my work van. We'll see. I can't even hear myself. So who knows? Maybe this will be a disaster. Either way, getting you a podcast. Stop bitching. Um, 
let's see, what are we going to talk about today? To start things off, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about Blowy Mafia and Wise Guys Show, the name change, because when Joe's around, well, he should somehow be prepared because he doesn't want to bore you. I don't care if I bore you. I'm an asshole like that. Look, Blowy Mafia was the, oh, the, is the idea that we have. I've talked about this before. I'm not going to kill you with it right now. But it's kind of an overarching idea. So, uh, we will be launching a website here very shortly in the next month. By the end of this month, I hope to have it up. With the baby and everything that's been going on, did not quite make it through. So, I didn't quite get it done by the end of February, which was my original goal because it's my birthday month. And, you know, great things happen. I was born, you know, someday I'll become president in February. Anyways, I know, it's going to change a lot of things. Anyways didn't get it done by the end of this month. I do have a site built, but it's not complete. It's incomplete at this point. It's going to be exciting, hopefully. Interesting, hopefully. We'll see. But I'm going to take a stab at it. But we decided that, hey, look, the Blue Eye Mafia, it's a website. It's this overarching idea I have to find truth, to examine things, whether it's philosophical ideas, parenting, living life, optimizing your life, being the best that you can be, or whether it's politics, society, religion, I want I want to make um, a, a, a source of information for a source for conversations to happen, but not really not social media. Minds and plenty of other people are doing that right now um, because the old old vanguard of social media sucks dick. So we're gonna move on from them. But it's a place where you can go and find different views on things and get or it will be a place you can go right now it's not um, a place that examines multiple perspectives on an idea whether say something like abortion something like parenting spanking um, movies and art uh, we'll have a section for that too and essentially it's going to be the idea the goal of it is to source different people to essentially write uh, opinion papers, position papers, argue, uh, logical arguments, reasons, reviews of things, and build a platform where you can go to look up interesting information. And it will also have citations for all of this stuff, especially in the more uh, intellectual space, if you will. <laughs> intellectual, that's the wrong word. In the more fact-based area, the uh, Churchill family in particular. Um, like... It's going to be a resource to go look at abortion, get different opinions on abortion, whether it's the you know, pro-choice crowd or a pro-life argument from a religious perspective, a pro-life argument from a human perspective, a secularist perspective, a, a pro-life argument from a scientific perspective. It's going to give you a base for these different things, right? For the pro-choice crowd, you would have the argument that the baby's not a fetus, and that'll be flushed out, cited, X, X, Y, and Z. You would have um, the fetus is not a human. I think I said the fetus is not a baby. That's kind of that's silly. Anyways, the idea of the site is to bring the be a, a resource for people to go to and to see different opinions and give them one have a conversation that's legitimate, not just one sided, not just an echo chamber, but to have a place where people can go to get information from both sides instead of one side only. And then they can weigh it out from there. Um, we won't be shy about sharing our opinions like we do on the podcast. You know where we stand on things. Um, <clears throat> but as far as developing these, uh, developing 
arguments on topics and these kind of things, that's the reason we hold these positions is because we've looked at these different things from multiple perspectives. Um, when it comes to abortion, for example, there's the bodily autonomy argument. Now, I don't personally agree with that. I've had some very long conversations about that with people. and it's But it is an interesting argument, and it's good to know, regardless of what your position is, you may be pro-choice, come on and, and decide that maybe you're not as pro-choice as you once were. Or you may be pro-life, and you might find that there are some thing, considerations that you had never taken, hopefully... In my opinion, I don't think you should move away from being pro-life. But hopefully you can come and find a perspective that maybe you didn't understand and develop some you know, sympathy or understanding for the other side's position. Right now, I think we live in this echo chamber. And, uh, well, I'll get into that in a second. Anyways, I am planning to launch the website at the end of March. Um, we do have some fun stuff coming up for the podcast. Joe will be back next week. He's on a work trip. Uh... There will be a collaboration with Publitarian in the new future, which I'm excited about. Um, I do plan to launch the first Academy episode, which is the Religious Right episode. That will be coming in the next couple weeks, I promise. That one is almost here. I've been working on it for way too long. Hopefully, I can figure out a way to be a little more hmm, concise in my development of the Academy episodes. The ones where I do deep dive into a topic and research the crap out of it and try to give you some information that may be useful or helpful in a somewhat entertaining or completely boring manner. I'm not sure at this point. As you can tell, I did drink my strike force, so I apologize. Plus, I'm sitting in traffic, and it's really, I mean, it's just truly a joy to sit in traffic. Bay Area traffic, baby. But one of the things that I do want to accomplish with this website and the reason we do the Wise Guy Show is this is this show's about being honest. Oh, well, that was the other thing. So how do we come up with a show name, Wise Guys? Well, mob terminology. I kind of use it in the website a little bit. Not too much. I don't want it to be corny. But it's the Blue Eye Mafia, right? Named after Frank Sinatra's Blue Eyes. And then um, aggregate. In, uh, I then aggregated my favorite blue-eyed people from history or recent history that I think are, for me, growing up, were big cultural icons and Sinatra, Churchill, and John Wayne. And I think that there's something to glean from each one of those men that is missing in society today. But also, if you're looking for the optimal society, I think that those three guys uh, represent some wonderful things. And yes, I know there's a lack of diversity, whatever. I apologize. I'm Mexican. I came up with the idea. There you go. There's your diversity. Um, but it's the values that they represent. Anyways, I'm now going into a tangent on Blue Eye Mafia and the whole thing. I know. Whatever. I apologize. Joe would kill me right now. But we came up with the wise guys because I was coming up with the... I do these episode types, names, and wise guys was what I'd come up with for me and Joe um, instead of the bro show, which I piloted one episode and changed my mind about. Anyways, we were talking... Uh, Joe has been lukewarm on the idea of keeping the name Blue Eye Mafia since the first day of the podcast. And I think he's also mocked it on the podcast and mocked it in countless conversations we've had. So I said, hey, what if we just change the name of the podcast and then it's just under the umbrella of Blue Eye Mafia because that's going to be the website. And he was like, yes, please. That sounds great. Wise Guys works great. So Wise Guys Show was reborn. Or Blue Eye Mafia podcast was reborn as Wise Guys Show. 
not the Wise Guys Show, just Wise Guys Show. It's easier for me to get, I got the domain and there's a whole bunch of reasons I didn't go with the Wise Guys Show. I did mock it up in the artwork for, but anyways, that doesn't matter. So, Wise Guys Show. Going to be the same podcast, going to be more consistent, going to be, offer a little more variety this year, but, I mean, the heart and soul of the podcast is me and Joe sitting and talking shit. Um... And we will still be doing our sit-downs where we talk about our philosophy of life um, and t- try to unpack a single topic. Uh, we will have the Academy episodes, which are going to be the deep dives. I'm going to try to do one per month. So you get like 12 a year. This year, not counting because January and February, well, they're gone. And I didn't do one. So there you go. Um, and then we'll have our collaborations and interviews, our chats our chats with different in, uh, or different people like I've done in the past. I probably will do a few less than before. Um, hopefully I've got, obviously, Publitarian, who's always, a, I mean, just a true, absolute true joy to work with. And anyways, so hopefully Blue Mafia works out. I'm driving. I don't have any stuff in front of me to to look at notes or anything so I apologize if this seems rambling if this seems insane it is I agree with you you can turn it off or you can listen and see if maybe something magical comes out of it I don't care either way I mean I do I do like to download well once you've downloaded though I get the numbers so yeah you're bad my bad I don't care anyways going back to what I was saying about people being divided and the reason that I've come up with this or we've come up with the concept of Blue Eye Mafia and what it's what it's going to try to accomplish is having people not only look at the logical arguments on different topics, the uh, ideas and trying to delve deeper into the meaning of life and the news and politics and family and all these different things. But it's also to look at the people that disagree with us and see their humanity, embrace their humanity, really. Their wrongness, their incorrectness, their errant ways. But, seriously, on a serious note, um, it is about trying to get a, a, a well-rounded perspective on things. Regardless of the position you hold, you can hold one position and still appreciate that another person another person, despite the fact that they may be wrong in your opinion on a certain topic. But with the way that our culture is going, the way that society is going, and this is particularly true on the left, which is why I want to have positions from the left as part of our website. Now, I don't know if I'm going to be able to source those. The the, uh, pro-life stuff and, and stuff from conservatives, I don't think is going to be that hard to source. But positions from the left might be a little tougher to source might be a little tougher to source we'll see maybe i'll just have to ghostwrite it as your favorite liberal or something i don't know either way i mean i could just take instagram comments and aggregate them and use that as an article but then you just seem like they were always hysterical even when they were trying to write an essay but all right as i was saying i was rudely interrupted by technical difficulties. I don't know why. A little Samson Go mic. Shut off. I, I, I don't know why. But what I was going to say is <laughs> the reason that I want to get different perspectives onto the, onto our site and 
in these conversations is because right now we're seeing a divide of the country, the culture, the society, everything. And and this divide only seems to be worsening. I think that there's a lot of things going right. I think Trump's doing a pretty good job in office, despite the fear-mongering of the media. But I think that we're seeing something much more disturbing on an interpersonal basis, in a way. I say it in a way because in my daily interactions with human beings, I don't see this. Rarely. I do see it sometimes, but not a lot. I also find it strange. I live in the Bay Area, and a lot of people tend to agree with me on a lot of things. You'd think being, I don't know, libertarian, conservative, independent-ish, that I wouldn't be able to find anybody in, in crazy California that was reasonable and measured and not psychotic. Really, a lot of people are moderates. I think the vast majority of people are moderates. But we're seeing this strange divide between the two extremes, but in particular, leaning to the left. We're seeing in the right, some people go more and more extreme. You're getting the white nationalist movement has grown more than it, or at least become more visible than it used to be, although it's still tiny, microscopic, really. But on the left, we're seeing what used to be also a tiny microscopic fraction become more influential. Socialists, the socialist Democrats, the or Democratic Socialists, the identitarian, which essentially are the mirror image of the white nationalists, the identitarian left, the intersectionalist feminists have now begun to guide the mainstream narrative. Now this doesn't mean that the left in America or the liberals in America are in line with that. As a matter of fact, I don't think that they are at all. But what's happening is because the narrative is controlled by the extreme minority, the rest of them go along like a bunch of lemmings because they're not that invested in these things. But they are aligned with the left. And so I think that what we need to see people do is and we're seeing it, the media is driving a huge wedge, right? You have, if you're conservative, you go to Fox News. Um, if you're conservative, you go to Infowars. You go to talk news, talk radio. If you're a liberal, you go to CNN. You go to MSNBC. You go to the mainstream sources, and now I mean that includes, you know, quite openly NBC. So you're seeing all these people. And again, I apologize. I was also interrupted by a phone call. So you're seeing all these people pooling in their own sides, getting their information from their side. It's this fracture. It's a split down two sides. And I was watching a Tim Pool video, which you should check him out. He's great. A journalist. He kind of breaks down. He does on-the-ground journalism, but right now he's mostly been breaking down mainstream news and different doing dives into different uh, stories and sussing out what actually happened. He's a, he's a liberal guy, but he's very fair and measured in his approach to things. But you're seeing conservatives, they go to Fox News, Infowars, talk radio, right? So in the media, we have a split. People s sourcing of information 
is split. And if you were to go to, say, Breitbart, and then go to Huffington Post, and then go to Vox, and then go to Infowars or Zero Hedge, and look at the way that they cover a story, same story, and you'll see vastly different uh, narratives within the coverage, a different, uh, I mean, different conclusions drawn, different points of emphasis in the same story, and you're going, you're looking at it going, what? You know, they'll highlight different aspects of the story, downplay or outright ignore other aspects, and I, now, I do think that as far as fair coverage goes, I tend to trust right-leaning media in being more honest with the facts than left-leaning media. I tend to see with Breitbart, right? They're conservative side. And they tend to, they have a position, they have a narrative that they want to push forward that's clear, and I don't think they really make bones about it. One big difference between, say, CNN and Breitbart is Breitbart is unapologetically conservative. CNN would like you to believe that there's somehow an actual news organization that's not, that's not a pundit, right? That somehow they're a legitimate news source. In fact, they're an opinion news organization. But the one thing that I will say, and the, the one disparity I've seen in the coverage from reading many, many stories from both sides, say Huffington Post, right, is that the left tends to omit or outright uh, inaccurately portray something, but in particular, it's the omission of details or the lack of of context given to their reporting that I don't quite see with Breitbart or some of the other conservative sites that I like. Uh, Zero Hedge, yeah, Zero Hedge is a little more, um, I don't read them as much. Breitbart would probably probably be my favorite conservative news source. Daily Wire is another one. But they do have a slant to their reporting. They have a narrative, they have an agenda. However, they tend to include the facts more honestly. Now, that still doesn't mean that they don't have an agenda and a narrative, because they do. The one thing that they will do that I've noticed is they will highlight things that support their narrative, while downplaying or excusing or not not admitting, typically, but just not emphasizing the parts that don't support their position. So, it's still, it's, it's still it's still biased, but it's not outright dishonest, whereas the left tends to be a lot more outright dishonest and completely anti-factual. For example, they call the Proud Boys a white nationalist organization or a hate group. Nothing could be... I mean, it's, that's just patently not true. Now, are there white nationalists within the Proud Boys organization? Are there chapters that are questionable at best? Probably. And yes, I think yes is the answer. Was the organization founded as a white nationalist organization? Because this is the huge, this is a, that's a huge distinction. And the answer is no. The Proud Boys were founded by Gavin McGinnis as a fraternal organization to promote the values of Western society. They call themselves Western chauvinists. And it was also to fight the, the feminization of men. They want men to be more masculine. They want them to be more assertive. They want them to be manly. Something that 
I think, <laughs> is an admirable pursuit. You know, they're swearing in so you get punched until you can name five cereals, right? By your friends. Um, you get a tattoo. You stop masturbating. You know, the, the virtues they were trying to promote were not, not exclusively bad in any way, shape, or form. And frankly, on their founding principle from Gavin McGinnis himself, the man who created the Proud Boys, pretty much as a group a goof initially there there's really nothing there's nothing detestable about it you might not like it you might think it's frat boyish you might think that it's juvenile in some way i don't i really don't see that way as a fraternal organization i don't think it's a bad thing for guys to have other guy friends that that share the same values and that guys you know guy men men need some confirmation in their life they 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 work and the way that men work is they want to be told that they're doing a good job. They work their butts off. They want to know that it's worth something, right? They, you know, whereas women want you to be considerate and I considerate and do things without them having to ask, right? Like there's different things. Like, and this is stuff that I've gleaned from being married to a wonderful woman for the last 10 years. But... That's an, a plain example of how dishonest the media can be. Is the Proud Boy coverage was disgusting because it was never a white. It, it, it is not a white nationalist hate group. It's not. Now, did they have some problems because they weren't organized? Like they opened chapters, right? So they don't open up like it's not one big organization. It's like this umbrella thing, and then it had fraternal organization. It wasn't. It, it didn't have a central authority that controlled it. It had Proud Boy chapters spouting up all over the place. Some of them, some of them did some admirable work at some of these rallies where they would fight Antifa. And I'm sorry, but the Antifa guys could use some Proud Boy values in their lives, right? And I'm not saying I am not a Proud Boy myself, although it does sound kind of fun getting punched until you can name cereals. Sounds exhilarating. But my point with that is, and with the Antifa stuff, you know, the Antifa is the exact opposite. It's disorder, it's chaos, it's totally misguided. It's They don't know what they're doing. They don't know why they're there, other than that they're angry at the fact that life and society have failed them. But part of what I think the failure that they are, they are not identifying, they're not identifying, they know that they've been failed, right? But I think a big part of that is they haven't been taught how to be men. They haven't been taught how to be tough and work hard and be disciplined. So they're sitting there, not knowing what's aimless in life, and chaos sounds good. Introduce a little chaos, right? Like the Joker says in The Dark Knight, one of the best movies ever. Just watched it the other day. But you see the media, either way, either way, regardless of how dishonest the mainstream media can be and the left media can be, the right is biased as well. They're both biased, right? And they both get things right. They both get things wrong. They're not immune to imperfection because they're human-run organizations. What we're seeing with this, though, is scarier than the actual, the actual news reporting on either side. Because what it's doing is it's creating a huge divide in the country. And Tim Pool, great journalist, public guy, was actually talking about this and made some really good points about creating parallel societies, different societies for different people. 
So what's happening, and this goes again now into the social media sphere and into the financial sector as well, which is really maybe the most terrifying move so far. But you've seen the social media world. It's blatantly, I mean blatantly, I know people who have conservative Instagram accounts that have been shadow banned. It's obvious. It, I mean, there's no other explanation. You're seeing, I, I myself, I don't think, I don't think I've been shadow banned because I'm not that big. Uh, we don't, I mean, follow us. If you're listening, you don't follow us because I'm not good at social media. I like to make memes and that's about it. But, all that and have conversations with people, but those are buried in comments. So you would never even know we did that. But, and I used to troll quite a bit. I did. Kind of don't do that as much anymore because eh, it doesn't really, it doesn't benefit me. Right, but we, in social media, we're seeing this blatant bias, where conserv- conservative figures, for minor to f- ridiculous infractions, are getting them kicked off of social media, if any at all. Sometimes there's cases where there's essentially been no violation, other than they violate the morals of the people in the company, and this is a, a slippery slope because. Social media is essentially a platform, a communication platform. And if you're going to devalue the opinions and the voice of certain people, right, it's, that's a slippery, slippery slope. I mean, I'm not a fan of Nazis or white supremacists. I'm not a fan of uh, the Black Panthers, right? Any, any group that's racially based or identitarian. I'm not a fan. But I think that they should all have be allowed to have a voice on social media and on the internet. Because the best way to show that they're wrong is to engage in conversation with them, engage in debate with them, and prove them wrong. Show them why they are wrong. Show them why your philosophy, your idea, your argument has more merit. And a great example of this is the uh, young lady from the Westboro Baptist Church. She, I, I, I don't uh, remember her name off the top of my head. She was on the Ro- Joe Rogan Experience. But she was a member of the God Hates Fags group, right? They would protest at soldiers' funerals at a, a myriad of events. Right? They carry signs like God Hates Fags and You're going, going to Hell and We Know the Bible Better, better Than Anybody. And this young girl happened to be the granddaughter of the guy that actually started the Westboro Baptist Church. And those guys were lawyers, or are lawyers, and they're, in my opinion, completely off. Their theology's crap, and their explanations of things is ridiculous. But they come from, I mean, just for one, they have taken the place of God and now judge everybody. They're the judge, jury, and executioner, which is completely anti-Christian, but I digress. That young girl on social media, right, and this was years ago, she got into conversations with people, and one of them was a Jewish guy. They ended up, who is now, ended up becoming her husband. And he would debate with her. And eventually, his ideas convinced her that what she was preaching was wrong. The hatred, the vitriol, the the judgment she was casting into the world wasn't the best way to help people be 
good people and loving people. Um, I mean, it seems to explicitly deny the charity of Christianity, the love of all mankind that Jesus had. When you're running around saying God hates fags, that seems ludicrous. As a Christian myself, it seems just I don't know how you get to the point where you are now promulgating that God hates people. But if you come over to us, you know, God hates the fags. Now, if you come to us, God loves everybody. This is a message of love, except for you faggots. What? I mean, anyways, silly, silly, silly stuff, right? But she had what you could easily consider a pretty extreme opinion. And she voiced those opinions on Twitter. And somebody came along and told her that she was wrong. And they explained why they didn't agree with her and what was, you know, and pointed out the flaws in her philosophy, in her ideology, in her radicalism, in her fundamentalism. They point out the flaws. And that trickled into her mind and continued to do that. And because of those conversations, she left. And that came at great personal cost, too, because her family has ostracized her. They don't talk to her. And so she made a journey that was very difficult, very costly, personally, emotionally, and jumped into a whole new world, which is terrifying. Left everything that she knew, everything that she cared about, because somebody talked to her. Now, what if Twitter had banned her for hate speech? As soon as she voiced those opinions, well, she would probably still be carrying around God hates fag signs and protesting fallen soldiers' funerals. To me, that doesn't seem like the best idea. We shouldn't shut people up with censorship. We should engage in conversation. And now this leads into what Tim Poole was talking about is this, these parallel societies because of the bias in the social medias, you're now seeing the social medias chasing a lot of people off, right? Milo Yiannopoulos has been banned for life. Gavin McGinnis has been banned for life. Neither one of those are that extreme of voices. They are provocateurs, they are very silly, they make a lot of jokes that are offensive, definitely. They definitely offend people. There are a lot of people, not a lot of people's cup of tea. I personally enjoy the shit out of them. But they weren't preaching radical hatred like say oh I don't know Louis Farrakhan who has advocated violence before and Gavin did make jokes about stuff that were construed as calls for violence but as far as I know never seen him make a legitimate call to violence now maybe there's one that exists that I'm unaware of but I don't think so Alex Jones banned from Twitter for an in life an IRL confrontation with a CNN journalist that they considered bullying, violating their policies. However, that didn't occur in the Twitter universe. The video was shared on Twitter, which is what they used as a thinly veiled justification for their blatant censorship. Now, why do I point this out? Because we're seeing these people chased off of Twitter. We're seeing it happen on Facebook. Facebook just did a rash of bans the other day. It took Tommy Robinson down, who is an anti-Islamist activist in the UK. Well, in the UK, they have 
pedophilia rings that are Islamic-run. They have migration that has been destructive to the nation, to the culture, to the society, to the financial welfare of Britain. Now, are all Muslims bad? No. But people who want to implement, who want to replace the governmental structure and values of a society are detrimental, like it or not. And in Islam, there's a lot of Islamists. They don't believe in integration or assimilation. They believe in subjugation. They want to take you and make you a part of their culture. They want to change your culture into their culture. They want to prioritize Sharia law, supplant your governmental system, your value structure with Sharia, period, end of discussion. That's not a, a conspiracy theory, that's a fact. I'm not going to go through a bunch of stuff because I'm driving, like I said, I have no notes, I have no sources in front of me, but look into it a little bit. All you have to do is look up look up Sharia law, look up Islam, Islamism, Islamism. That is a very important theological and political view that Islam holds. One thing that does separate Islam from other religions. Because people, oh, that's just another religion. No, it's not just another religion. It is unique. It has a baked-in constitution. It has a governmental structure baked into it. There is a political aspect to the religion of Islam that makes it not only a religious ideology, but a political ideology. That would be like Catholics having also communism baked into it. It doesn't, right? It would be like uh, it would be like the Hindus having a governmental structure, Sikhism having a gov governmental structure baked into it, a legal system baked into it. They don't. Uh, Judaism, if I'm not mistaken, to an extent, does. Now, the reason that's important is because if you have people that are dedicated to Islamism, to Islam, but to Islamism in particular, they're not just secularized Muslims, right? If they hold those ideologies and they want all women covered up, right? They cover up all their women. They put them in the beekeeper costumes, right? They, they, ninja assassin! Ninja assassin! Right? They're, they're covered up. Well, if they're Islamists, they want everybody to cover up. They want everybody to abide by their rules and their belief system. Or their penalties societally for not doing that financially in particular. I think it's called Jizra. I think that's what it's called, the tax that they impose on people. Anyways, Tommy Robinson is pushing back against this. In fact, you'll see pictures and a group of Sikhs actually got taken, yelled at. People call him a racist, right? An, an Islamophobe or racist. Everybody should be an Islamophobe that values Western culture, Western society, Judeo-Christian values. Even uh, guys like Sam Harris are very cognizant of the threat of this. Now, they don't like any religion, but in particular, they do understand the threat of Islam, which is interesting because he's an avowed atheist. He could say a militant atheist. <coughs> so, a guy like Tommy Robinson called a racist, right? But he's not racist. He's actually very friendly with the Sikh community, and with particular Sikh communities in Britain, who also... And very, very, very 
um, legitimately understand the threat of Islamization because they've been dealing with it for centuries. The point I'm making is Tommy Robinson is, is for all intents and purposes, fighting a legitimate or, or acting upon a legitimate concern, right? Even if you disagree with him, you the argument for there being a concern about Islamization is there, right? And if you're honest, and if you're intellectually honest, and you look at the facts, and you look at the ideology, you can see, okay, yeah, there could be some problems here. There could be some problems with people not assimilating and trying to supplant the culture that we hold dear with a culture that we don't agree with because in that culture, you know, gay people get thrown off of buildings and women get their clits cut off and, you know, it's problematic is what I'm saying. Well, he just got erased from the internet, taken off of Instagram, taken off of Facebook. I think he would, I don't know if he's on Twitter still. I didn't check. But in short, this is disturbing for more this is this is a demonstration of the disturbing trend of these people getting non-person, right? They're taken from the public form of communication. They're taking away their voice, their ability to have a position, an opinion, and to voice that to the public is being taken away. Now, what happens when that when, when this happens? Are those people just going to be quiet? Or are they just going to disappear? No, especially not in the age of the internet. What you're seeing is alternate social medias rise up. <clears throat> and this is great. I mean, I, I wish this had been a more prevalent thing already because I don't like Twitter. I think it sucks. I fucking hate Facebook. I think it's poison. Ever since they... I mean, and Instagram, which is my personal favorite social media, the one by far that I engage on the most and have used the most, um, because the comments aren't restricted to silly arbitrary character limitations um, and it's picture based so it's fun you see cool stuff you see little news article headlines you see friends and family and what's going on in their life you know what Facebook used to be good for but no longer is because it's all freaking cat videos and inspirational bullshit but these other social medias are rising up but not for the reason of providing legitimate competition or not legitimate well, I guess legitimate competition as in replacing the social, the, these, you know, these uh, established social medias, but they're rising up now more out of a necessity for these people that are getting chased off of the other platforms to have a voice. What this does is it creates, if you ever go on to Gab, right, which is essentially Twitter for non-Twitter people that don't fall don't fall in line with the morals of Twitter, right? Although Twitter has porn all over it, so who knows. Gab, and I'm not a huge fan of Gab because I don't like Twitter. I never have liked Twitter. I almost never use Twitter other than forwarding Instagram posts to Twitter. I, I don't like Twitter. I don't like news getting news on Twitter. It terrifies me that people actually go to Twitter to get news um, because the way that it's aggregated, it's very... Twitter's the worst example, in my opinion, of echo chambering, because it is the ultimate echo chamber. And conversations are limited to arbitrary character limits that don't encourage 
meaningful conversation in any way, shape, or form. So, I'm not a huge fan of Gab, but if you go on Gab, and I do have Gab, and <laughs> I do like the colors and the look of it far more than Twitter. I think it's a be- I think it's a better looking app, and I prefer it to Twitter. I will say that. I prefer it to Twitter and the way that it functions because it's simpler, it's cleaner, and it's a better timeline. But I'm still not a big fan because it's still very Twitter-esque, and I'm just not a big fan of the interface of Twitter. But the one thing on Gab that I do not like is that there's a lot of white supremacists and white nationalists and there's a lot of identitarianism there. That's why I'm running away from Twitter to get away from identitarianism and hearing now white males are the great evil and, you know, unless you're, you know, the, the, uh, the uh, victim Olympics of, oh, I'm black, well, I'm black and gay, oh, I'm black and gay and transgender. I mean, it's, it's becoming insane. The virtue signaling has reached peak annoyance annoying annoyance I don't know anyways so but what's weird about it is you see a lot of negative aspects in Gab now it's not all that way and you can follow people and their news feeds actually kind of cool but then you have other platforms now there's one that I think is my favorite so far and it's Minds minds Minds.com it's still a little rough on the interface side but it's kind of like Facebook and Instagram combined, which I really do like. It has ways to, it has uh, cryptocurrency funding too, so you can make money on there through your interactions and through your posts, which is also really cool. But it's an open source platform, so anybody with the uh, competency uh, or capacity to read code can go and see what they're doing with their algorithms and such. And the guy that founded it was actually on Joe Rogan recently. <laughs> which was very interesting, very fascinating, cool. I, I, great interview if you're interested in this stuff. I, but where, so you've got Minds, you've got Convo, you've got Parlay, which is spelled Parlor. So if you're looking for it, just spelled Parlor. But, um, oh, there's a couple more. Uh, I cannot remember the names of the other ones. Gab, Minds, Convo, Parlay. Those are the three big ones, or the four big ones, or the four that I'm the most aware of. Um, Parlay, and Parlay is very much another Twitter-esque platform. Um, Gab does not have an app. Parlay, Minds, and Combo all have apps. They, are, at least in the Apple Store, I don't know if they all have apps in the Google Play Store. But what's happening is conservative voices are going to those platforms, right? Like, I think Parlay is kind of a little more mainstream conservative that I've seen so far. Not as, I, I, But it's also not as developed as Gab, so it's a little tough there. But it's creating a parallel society, a parallel culture, where you have people that are benign enough in the moral judgment of Twitter that they can exist there, and then you have everybody... Who's not? And that's becoming more and more increasingly just anybody who doesn't buy into the far-left agenda, who doesn't buy into identitarian politics. There's been feminists who've been punished on Twitter, maybe even banned, for <coughs> not agreeing with transgender, uh, with the not agreeing with the transgender movement, insofar as not agreeing that men and women are not the same. Are bi- there's no biological difference. There's no difference. That, I mean, that's obviously insane and anti-science and just pure ideology, ideological dreck 
I mean, I don't even know if you could call that an ideology. It's so patently ridiculous. But you're seeing Twitter chase away all these people, and they're going to have to go to these alternative platforms, which to me is not that bad because I don't like Twitter. <laughs> but what is bad about it, what is terrifying about it, what is bad about it, what is detrimental about it, is that it's creating these parallel societies. And it's create it's not, it, it, I mean, it is not only, it is not only deterring conversations from happening, but it's literally ensuring that debate and conversation don't happen, right? Like if the Westboro Baptist Church girl lived on the social media of the right, say Gap, for for example, she would probably find more confirmation there (laughs) and less disagreement. Now, I do think she would even still find disagreement even on on Gap, right? Because I, I disagree with her. Um, although, again, I'm, I'm, I'm not that, I'm, I don't buy into any ideological politic. I mean, identitarian politics whatsoever, so maybe I'm just a bad candidate. But, she would not have found that differing position, that differing viewpoint, that then helped her to, co- to turn her back on... Uh, some of her more radical and hateful ideas. So should her hate speech be allowed? Yeah, it should be, I think. It should be it should be out in the open. Right? Like I don't want sneaky racists. I don't want sneaky jihadists. I don't want sneaky cultists. I want them to be open. I want to know that they're there. I don't like not knowing that. If somebody hates black people because of the color of their skin, I want to know that. So I want them to use the word nigger or to say bad things because I want to know that that's the position that they take. I want to know that because I want to know what I'm dealing with. I don't want them to be hiding it while whilst holding those positions so in life they will probably do things that are guided by that belief. I want to know. I want to know too so that I can have a conversation with them and go, why would you think that? Why would you think that? Because somebody doesn't have the same pigmentation as you. That they're not as valuable. Not as good as you. Because I don't buy that. That seems ridiculous. That seems absolutely insane. You know, they also probably think Jesus was a white-haired, blonde... I mean, a white-skinned, blonde-eyed, blonde-haired, blue-eyed dude. He wasn't. He was a Middle Eastern Jew. Probably dark hair. Probably pretty pretty uh, tan complexion, right? But I want to know that. I want to be able to engage in those conversations. And I think that the best way to defeat people who are going down a bad path in their ideology, whether it's you know some kind of identitarian far-right ideology or whether it's far-left anarchist or, or <laughs> authoritarianism, I want to know that those people have those ideas. I want them to voice their opinions. And if they are bad or I think that they're damaging or hurtful or dangerous, I want to be able to push back. Now, if it's illegal, if it's calling for actual violence, yeah, shut them the fuck up, take down their posts. Because that's illegal. That's not, you can't do, you can't go out into 
public and sit in a cafe and call for violence against somebody. We have societal rules that we live by, that we all adhere to, right? Free speech, though, in particular, protects hate speech, offensive speech. George Carlin, when he was going, the religious right or the Christian right in America, the what was pushing for very authoritarian type controls, right? They didn't like people like a George Carlin or a Sam Kinison or a um ah, I forgot the other guy's name that I was gonna mention. They didn't like him because they were foul, they were dirty, they said explicit things, they said, you know, uh, provocative things, they said things that people didn't think were polite or or okay. Fair enough. You don't have to listen to them. Don't listen to them. Don't go to their show. But no, they wanted to shut them down and make it so that they couldn't say those things. Well, if people paid money to go to a Sam Kinison concert or go to... <clears throat> I'm forgetting the... Ah, it's the older comedian, Lenny Bruce. If they wanted to go to a Lenny Bruce concert, they should have every right to do so because you don't have the, uh, the right to impede people's personal freedom. Now, could they present an argument why it's detrimental to your moral your morality to go see uh, a Lenny Bruce or a Sam Kinison or a George Carlin? Sure, make that argument. If you make a good enough argument, you will convince those people, or you may. Not everybody's going to agree with you, but you may convince some of them. And that has real value to it. <clears throat> There's real worth in that. If you have something that you value so highly, you think other people should adopt it preach it, promulgate it, bring it out into the world but don't try to shut the other people down because that has no value that's just a bully pulpit, that's just bullying that's just, that is just authoritarianism, you don't like communism good, teach people, and inform people why it's bad don't shut them up why, what, what are you doing, what are you doing so I don't believe in censorship on any level. Now, if it's in a kid's movie, I think there should be standards. The people can be reasonably, you know, innocent should be protected. I don't think you should be talking about things that little kids don't need to know about. And I think that's fair. I think it's a fair expect expectation of society. But in a, in a dank nightclub, somebody saying something offensive, go ahead. But people's lives now are being ruined for uttering faggot. That's a word. <laughs> And if you're not calling a gay person that, or demeaning a gay person with that, I don't, I don't even know what you're... I, like, we grew up calling each other that when we were kids. Big deal. Yeah, if it's hurtful, if you don't want to use it, that's fine. I, for a long time, didn't say it at all. I say it more now because now it's more... <laughs> it's more... It's become more a symbol of resistance to, the, to this thought and speech control. I have no, I, I have no ill will towards homosexual people, none whatsoever. And I can literally say I'm, I've never bullied or teased one or called a, a person who was gay faggot, but nothing but. I just treat my people, not, not that worried about it. So we're seeing this division, right? This divide, and social media, the media is pushing us towards it. The social media is pushing us towards it. And now the financial institutions are also doing it. <coughs> Patreon, PayPal, I think uh, MasterCard. I think one of the big banks too did it the other day. Where they're actually 
They're not allowing people to use their services to, for funding. Again, now and they're going to other platforms like, uh, oh man, I forgot the name of the one I was going to mention. Sub, I think it's called Subscribestar. Anyways, they're chasing these people into alternate realms, parallel realms. So, if you're a good liberal, you can use pay, pay t- Patreon to fund your projects. If you're a good liberal, you can use PayPal to get paid, to exchange currency over the interwebs. If you're not in line with the leftist ideology, you have to go somewhere else. Hey, we'll take you over here at Subscribestar. We'll take you over here. Well, now everybody that doesn't fall the dogma of the left is going to end up over here. Because it's not just that every, it's not like everybody will get banned, but I will never run a Patreon account. Um, I, I actually was planning on doing it eventually for the podcast. But now I will, ne- I will never use Patreon for money. I won't give them a damn cent. And as a matter of fact, there's a pe- couple people that I have funded on Patreon that I'm going to reach out to and talk to about using some other form, doing something else. But yet I'm going to cancel my Patreon because of what they've done. They've censored people. They've removed people. You've seen Jordan Peterson and Sam Harris in solidarity with the people that have been censored leave the platform as well. Well, what does that do, though? It creates a parallel economy, even. And now everybody's be going to be going to some of these other platforms. But what you're doing is creating more and more of an impossible divide. A thousand-mile river that people can't get across. Because now, they're not even sharing the same spaces. Right? You see... And it's even bleeding into the real world. You see people accosted at restaurants because they're wearing a MAGA hat, right? People are literally physically assaulting individuals who disagree with them in public because they don't agree. They think they're bad, right? I was talking to my wife, but our kids go to a charter school. That's a dual immersion school. So it's, they're learning, my boys are learning Spanish now. And in this school, it's very, um, the, 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 it's, uh, it's a good school. I like it. The academics are good. The kids are learning Spanish and speaking it well. So I'm a fan. The administration of the school tends to be extremely left leading in social justice and literacy, which is disappointing to me because I think that it's, um, I think that it's very misguided and ignorant because I think that their, their concern is out of genuine compassion for the illegal immigrant, right? For Mexican migrants. But it's misguided because, and the, uh, this will be something we cover in depth at some point in this upcoming year, is illegal immigration. Because I grew up with illegal immigrants and I saw how the system takes advantage of them. So I don't find it at all compassionate to support illegal immigration and the way that this country has handled it for the last 30 years. And I think that we have to find an a, 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 a fair and just solution to it. I don't think that we should deport everybody that's here illegally. I think any criminal should be deported. I think that anybody on welfare should be immediately, immediately disqualified from receiving any kind of government assistance if they are not an actual citizen of the United States. But I also think that we have to be compassionate in the way that we handle it. That's an aside. But I, if I wear a Trump shirt or a MAGA hat or my blue 
Obama, Obama, essentially a Trump hat that looks like an Obama poster, you know, the red and blue thing. If I wear that, my wife, I was, I made a joke the other day that I was going to wear, wear a MAGA hat to school. I said, no, 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 you can't do that because the kids will bully our kids because of that. This is out of pure ignorance. This isn't out of, I mean, it is hateful, but these kids aren't. They have no idea what they're talking about. The parents at the school, they have no fucking clue. Right? They just go along with what their masters tell them, in, in essence. And this is one of the problems I have with these with these activist groups, is that they, they whip up a bunch of people that don't know any better. They get them to trust them falsely, and then they manipulate and use them. Cheap labor, anybody? We got you covered. We'll tell them we're going to take care of them. We'll give them some little crumbs from the social programs but don't worry they'll work in the fields their kids will work in the fields for the most part because we won't give them we won't tell them about the american dream we won't have them assimilate into the country and learn what it is to be american and to learn the ideals of america and to give them the tools to achieve that no 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 we'll give them some social breadcrumbs you know social programs and stuff and we'll keep them down what's scary though is that my opinion on this in my, as far as I'm concerned, is extremely compassionate and informed compassion. It's not just blind compassion. It's not just a, but a lamb. It's because I've actually grown up with people that I care about that have been in this situation, and I want to see, I want to see a, a resolution to this. But it doesn't include just opening our borders and going crazy and creating a, a, a subset of second-class citizens. I, 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 I reject that wholeheartedly. I would like to see those people that deserve it become citizens and get the full advantages of being an American citizen. But I, my, my wife didn't want me to... She's like, you can't do that. Our kids will get bullied. And actually, my niece did get bullied. She goes to the school too by some kids because your dad supported Trump. And that's disgusting. But what this is, this division that's happening in the media and social media and finances is bleeding into the kids at school, into everyday life. Uh, Joe has been berated for supporting Trump. He's been, um, uh, He's had people say stuff to him because he had a Trump hat in his dash. I have not, unfortunately. <laughs> or I mean, fortunately. I don't know, unfortunately, because I would love just... I would love laughing at the insanity. But it's it's creating a division and parallel societies within the country. And Tim Pool made a really good point. These are the conditions you need for a civil war. When we had our first civil war... We had two parallel economies. We had two parallel societies with different value sets. We had a deep division and an inability at the time to communicate in the way that we do now. And it led to actual bloodshed and death and brother versus father, family versus family, countrymen versus countrymen. And that's where this stuff is leading us to. And it's, it's frankly terrifying. It's quite terrifying. And I think that the best way to break that down is not to censor people or to shut people up. And the right needs to be careful about this too. You don't, we're not going to, we shouldn't be looking to stop people from doing what they're doing. 
We shouldn't be looking to shut them up or to put them down. One, we should be explaining our position. Two, we should also try to understand where they're coming from. Why are people gravitating towards socialism? Why are all these young people gravitating towards democratic socialism? One, ignorance of history, obviously. But two, because... I mean, I think it's obvious. They don't, they don't have a purpose. So they're looking for one. And they found it in this ridiculous cause. Well, that's a little scary. That's a little disappointing, right? So what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to give them better ideas. Give them a better purpose. Give them a better understanding of their position in life. You know, and there's a ton of entitlement and spoiled brats and a million other reasons. Some of them despicable, some of them stupid, some of them disgusting. But at the end of the day, you have to voice your opinion. Speak honestly. Don't cower like with with the way that it's becoming now is you're afraid to wear a Trump hat, especially in the Bay Area. You don't you're afraid you're gonna hurt like people are gonna lash out at you. But you should be you should be able to have your opinion. And if somebody walks up and goes, look, this is, Trump's a terrible president. You, you really shouldn't support that guy. Here's why. If they say he's racist because he called all Mexicans rapists, obviously they have no idea what they're talking about because he never said that. He did say that some of the illegal immigrants coming into our country were rapists and criminals, but he didn't have, he never called all Mexicans rapists. It was about illegal immigration. It was about the bad things that come in with it. And was it, hyperbolic in the context of the way that he said it, sure. But to take that completely out of context and to say that it was another thing is pretty dishonest. But that's the that's the narrative the mainstream pushed through. And if you're you know, if you're your average liberal, then boom, there you go. But the other thing that with this division that's happening and the scariest part is if we don't start to appreciate and understand where the other people are coming from and engage in conversation, not name calling, not bullying, not being mean. This is why I don't troll like I used to is because as much fun as it is to dunk on somebody, it's not that productive because they, their feelings just get hurt. And if my assumption is right, that a lot of them are lost and without purpose and advocating things that make them feel like they have some importance then me belittling them is literally counterproductive. It's not, I mean, it's, it just pushes them further into their, into their ideal, ideological mindset that I find repulsive or frustrating or disturbing or, uh, wrong. But one of the things that I think is happening too, that people need to, that, that people aren't cognizant of right now for some reason, is that the two extremes have taken over, right? More on the left, though. In the right, it's not really. They're, the left, the media is really using the extreme to paint the whole right with a broad brush. But the left, because they do have the mainstream media, because they do have the mainstream, they have the credible sources, right? What's ha- The scariest thing that I've seen with all of this, and I think it's the only thing that's enabling them to create these parallel existences, these parallel societies, is the duping of the moderates into believing 
that their broad stroke paintbrushes are real, like the Covington case, right? That kid, Mr. Nick, gets approached by the guy. Everybody says that he had, he had confronted him and was mean to the Native American. Oh, gosh, that's a protected class. But in reality, that wasn't true at all. But the scary thing is, is that a lot of people buy into that, right? But the, the left in America is made up of mostly, in my opinion, <clears throat> moderate people. People who are more liberal, they're not really conservative, they're more more relaxed about things, they don't care about gay marriage and these kind of things, right? They don't care about this and that and the other thing. They're not that invested in it. They're, they they want to they want to feel good about the, their position. So they're on the left. The right is for the mean, cold-hearted, calculating capitalists. So I'm on the left. Well, because the radical extreme minority on the left has taken over and controls the narrative now and paints anything past the middle with this broad brush of white supremacist, white nationalists like Trump. Racist. Not at all racist. You see pictures of him with Spike Lee, Jesse Jackson, Reverend Al Sharpton back in the di- back, back a decade ago when he was cool because he was a New York Democrat. <clears throat> that guy's not racist. There's absolutely not one credible shred of evidence that he is racist. I've looked for it. The best thing you can get is some jokes he made back in the fucking 80s. But they paint us all with this brush, right? Well, the scariest thing that's happening right now, and I think this is the reason that we really need to not only be very confident in our positions and be able to support them and make the argument for the way that we believe. But we have to understand where the other side is coming from because I think that when you do, you'll find that most liberals aren't that liberal. Like, I would consider myself very much a classical liberal, as much, easily as much as I am a conservative. I like freedom. I don't like government intervention. I don't want, I don't want them regulating marriage. I don't care if two gay people get married <clears throat> because that, for me, as far as legally, I have no interest in, 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 in prohibiting somebody. Do I agree with it morally? No, I don't. But that's another conversation for another day. And I would gladly talk to you about it. But am I going to tell you that you can't do it or that it should be illegal? No. Am I going to ask the government to intervene on my behalf to force you to abide by my beliefs? No, I'm not. And I think what we're seeing is the, the radical left has taken over the narrative, right? The, the identitarian intersectional left has taken over the narrative. And because the, the people, the moderate people that, that want to feel good about the position they hold politically, consider themselves liberal and on the left. Well, they can't, they can't go against that tide now. They're swept in a river, right? There's a river of shitheads like Ocasio-Cortez and a bunch of people are just getting gobbled up by that river because they're too afraid to jump to the dry land because the dry land is white nationalists. It's Covington students who hate Native Americans and it's Donald Trump who is a racist who hates all Mexicans and it's, oh, they're warmongers like Dick Cheney and, uh, 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 even though Obama was, you know, dropping drones every day like a gangster, didn't care, killed a Gaddafi in Libya, didn't care, tried to start a war with Syria, didn't care, right? The truth is, is that most of the liberals aren't that different than you. You may disagree on some things, and you could probably have great conversations about that that would take up wonderful dinners or drinks out or coffee 
and you'd probably be great friends. But because one side's getting painted with a brush that is very disingenuous, because there's not that many white nationalists. There's just not. I don't know a single one in my life. I've never met one. Ever. Not that I know of, at least. And again, that's why I like, I say, I like people being honest with their opinions, especially their shittiest opinions. But, white nationalists aside, I mean, I've seen some on social media, but I don't consider those real people that I've met. So, the right isn't white nationalists. It's actually mostly pretty socially liberal people. Like, look at Milo Yiannopoulos. He's a married gay man. That's the right. The right isn't Donald Trump. He's a three times divorce guy who had the first woman ever building a skyscraper as a project manager. He was opened his clubs in Florida to blacks and Jews, which wasn't allowed at the time. I mean, that's the conservatives. Oh, wait, they're not that conservative. A lot of them aren't when you think of the traditional ideology of it. But most liberals aren't that liberal. They're just swept up in the shitstorm of a communist socialist tide, tidal wave that's flowing. But they, but because of the media and the division that they've created and because of social media and the division that they've created and the, the, the fact that people like to argue and be mean to each other rather than actually have a conversation. Those people getting swept away by this tide of retardation are too afraid to jump to the land to stand with the other people who are afraid of the burning forest that the white nationalists are lighting on fire. The rest of them are all stuck. There's this landmass, right? Now, the one credit I will give conservatives is they're not jumping into the burning forest that's across the way. They're staying on the dirt. They're like, ooh, that burning forest is shitty. You'll probably die in there and it'll cause all kinds of horrible chaos. But the left, they're swimming in the little river and this tidal, this little stream, tidal wave came along. I know this isn't this isn't right, <laughs> but let me go with my analogy. Tidal wave came along. I know those don't happen in streams. Tidal wave came along, and now, boom, everybody's getting swept away with it, right? Because their political position is probably tied to the fact they want to feel good about the political position that they have, and they're not that invested in it anyways. So instead of fighting with people, we've got to find a way to have conversations, and to express ourselves without being mean or spiteful, but also without being cowardly. Because just because I'm going to wear a MAGA hat, and just because somebody might call me a racist for it, I mean, like, mi nombre es Gomez, eh? Just because, my, just because I'm wearing a MAGA hat and somebody calls me hateful, doesn't mean it's true. And I know that quite well, so they can go pound sand and hopefully maybe I can engage them in a conversation go hey why why would you think that I'm racist because I have a red hat on with a couple of white letters why would you think that and unless it's you know unless it's one of those identitarians probably gonna end up having a conversation and probably by the end of it they're gonna be like oh okay well you're not evil thought you're gonna be pure evil thought you're gonna be the devil incarnate but you're not I don't know what to do with this. <sighs> so I have finished my drive and I have gone over an hour on the podcast, which I think is more than adequate. Tested the mic. Hope the noise isn't too bad. I apologize if it was. But those are my thoughts on our divided culture. 
and what I think are some of the primary causes. I do think there's a lot of other causes because we can get into the philosophical, moral, ideological perspectives, you know, going into identitarianism, feminism, the Christian right in America, which is, or the religious right in America, which I think was an absolutely destructive force. I think there's a lot of different factors over the last, say, 100 years that have contributed to this. I mean, there definitely is. I mean, you have FDR, you have the Great Depression, you have factor after factor after factor. This is not some, this hasn't happened in a flash. This has been a, a growth, a slow growth movement. And the fact that the liberal, or I wouldn't even call them liberals now, I would call them the authoritarian left. The fact that the authoritarian left has control of the narrative, the mainstream narrative. And the reason that they're washing down those poor, moderate liberals down that river of shit is because they had a long-term plan and got control of that. And that goes back to the 60s, back to the 40s, back to the 1920s. And the conservatives weren't busy fighting the culture war. And now we're realizing, or conservatives, or whatever you want to call it, libertarians, the freedom-loving people, the people that like America and don't think it needs be radically radically transformed to fun- to be the greatest the greatest nation ever built the left was fighting the culture war this whole time the right hasn't been and these terms right and left i really am getting sick of using them because i don't even think i, I don't think that it to- i don't think i mean the way that it's moving now is you have the authoritarian government supporters and the freedom lovers. I think that's more of what the authoritarians versus the freedom people. I think it's really what it's moving towards. And I think you have a lot of moderates in the middle that are getting screwed by that. And I think, and then, you know, the very far right, I would put the authoritarian, but really they kind of go back into the, they fold over, right? They're on a globe, right? They're both. One's far to the left, one's far to the right, but they're so far around the back globe, they're meeting at the back side of it. With authoritarian being their main problem. They want to force people to believe what they believe. And I don't believe in that. I think that we should be free to think and do what we want, as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else. And then if you want somebody to change course and to do like you do, then you should lead by example. And then be able to make a really good argument for why that's the way to go. Anyways, this has been the Wise Guys Show. You're welcome.